What the If is brought to you by listeners like you, thanks to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash whattheif. Go there now and find out how you can become a member and get all kinds of cool rewards. And thank you for supporting our mission for science education and science fun. Welcome to What the If. Scoop of Delicious Planet Edition. Yes. That's just a tease of what's coming up today. Um, sponsored by... Uh, ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> exactly. Both Ben and Jerry, we appreciate your help. Both, uh, both of our, our newest... <laughs> shout out to our newest Patreon members, if only Ben <laughs> and Jerry <laughs> had joined us. That would be pretty scoop. Nice. Yeah. Scoop. Um, uh, I'm Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker, and with me is uh, the lovely and talented uh, Professor Matthew Stanley of New York University. How are you today, sir? Uh, partially underwater. Yeah. So it's uh, flooding there, too. It is really Noachian out here. Noachian. Yeah. That's a good word. So if everybody could just stop sinning for a little while, um, we would appreciate <laughs> it. I guess that's related to Noah of the Ark. Uh, yes, that's right. Yes, um, but Noach is that the the old pronunciation of? I'm not sure if that's the, the old pronunciation of his name, or if just when you make it into an adjective, um, it gets the sound. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not really up on my Hebrew, so it's also it, it also sounds like a, a bad pronunciation of New York. Is I live in New York, <laughs> Noach. I'm a Noachian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I apologize uh, to our fearless listeners. Uh, no, maybe you were fearful last week because there was no show because uh, uh, Matt was on assignment. Uh, there was another emergency somewhere in the history of science timeline that Matt was attending to. Mm -hmm. And that would, you had, I, I suppose that was a successful resolution because we're still here. Uh, uh, although it, it caused a temporary, temporary wiggle in the timeline in which no show appeared. <laughs> because Matt was not yeah, here. But as, as timeline consequences go, that's not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, the, the one victim was Gabby's computer, which died. And uh, so we ended up not being able to do a show. And I would have done, I really do love doing my uh, artificial intelligence fantasy guest shows. <laughs> I was unable to pull it together in time to do one of those. So uh, I do have a very exciting guest lined up, however. No. Thanks, thanks to the miracle of uh, science fiction. And artificial, and real artificial intelligence. So, if if at some point we do end up missing another show, hopefully uh, this one will get thrown in. But we're going to jump right in. Um, uh, this week we have uh, an exciting. Um, well, each we what we've been doing lately has been going on for quite a while now, and I feel like this is good. It's successful. Is we we've been ripping our ifs from the headlines, mm -hmm. and uh, as they say, do they still say that? Do the kids know that expression? I don't know if they do or not. I'll ask my students. Yeah. It kind of used to be like uh, there'd be a miniseries on TV and they, they was ripped from the headlines sometime, or a movie. Anyway, um, ripping from the headlines. Because who rips anymore? There's no paper. You know, oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Screenshotted <laughs> from the headlines. <laughs> Um, very exciting uh, adventure uh, on the behalf of our friends at the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA. Um, 
uh, last week, um, the uh, OSIRIS-REx mission, um, which sent uh, a satellite, OSIRIS-REx, to uh, an asteroid. Uh, and it was a couple of years ago, it was at that asteroid. That's how far this asteroid is. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the, the total round-trip journey to this asteroid was 4 billion miles. So let's say this asteroid is around um, 2 Yeah, that sounds about right if it's a main belt asteroid. Yeah. 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 And um, uh, asteroid Bennu had a rude rude awakening one day (laughs) when this Osiris (laughs) showed up and um, stuck out a probe. Never good. You just never. That's right. If you're just minding your own business (laughs) and somebody shows up and starts probing you, it's time to get off the sex train. Yeah. If the word probe appears in the weather report for that morning, run for your life. (laughs) And. so asteroid uh, uh, Bennu, yeah, so this Osiris had a probe, and uh, Osiris came gently came towards asteroid Bennu and was prepared to um, just uh, scoop uh, a little, hence the word scoop that you heard before, scoop a little piece off the surface of Bennu, and it got everybody got a surprise when uh, the probe actually hit the surface and puff, it turned out to be a lot of uh, very, very loose rubble. And the probe kept going in and in and in and in. And they keep saying, had it not been for the fact that they had actually planned for this occurrence, which they didn't really think was going to happen. But there were sensors, I believe, on the satellite that said, okay, you've gone in far enough. <laughs> uh, just get what you can and come out. Uh, it came out and um, basically it turned out basically the surface. It's these, these asteroids could be more like loose rubble. Yeah, that's right. We think of asteroids as giant rocks, um, but it seems that many of them are actually just heaps of pebbles, rubble pile is the technical yeah. term, that are just held together by by gravity. Yeah. Um, like a group of um, Taylor Swift fans. Right? Oh. They're just <laughs> yes. held together by mutual interest, but not actually the same entity. Um, <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, that's very good. Um, and then it uh, made its, its the, the satellite made its way back. Uh, it put those samples inside a sealed container, mm-hmm. and uh, it came back to Earth. And uh, I'll just you know, and we'll we'll get right at right to our if. But it, uh, I refer you to go check out, go to YouTube or or go to NASA's website and uh, check out the video of the landing. Uh, very exciting. Um, yeah, and it yeah. landed in Utah of all places. Um, that's right. That's right. Although, actually, I guess that's not such an unusual place for extraterrestrial visitors, right? Maybe that's a good yeah, place to go. Exactly. Exactly. And it was conveniently located not that far outside of Salt Lake City, so you know there were things to do. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, it is the same place, I believe, where the Genesis um, um, sample return mission had also landed. Oh, sorry, I think, no, I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah. What did Genesis get? A, uh, that's uh, samples of the sun, if I remember right. The solar wind. Yeah, and um, um, so the funny thing about it was, I'll just say this, when you go look at the, you know, when you do end up seeing the pictures eventually, uh, after the, the, basically the craft, the uh, the capsule landed, um, and it was sitting there on the ground, the parachute had fallen away to the side, uh, in my mind, I thought I was looking at a gigantic, you know, I don't know, in my mind, the capsule I was looking at was the size of like an Apollo capsule or something like that. And then people started work, walking oh. towards it and you realize it's very tiny. <laughs> no, it's actually quite teeny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. But exciting. We're all standing by to see what, uh, what they find when they, they open the, they open those and they started look at them, looking at them this week and hopefully we'll get some results very soon. Mm-hmm. That'll be exciting. So we imagined, um, 
uh, a scenario. And in doing so, Matt, if you could just tell us, there could be someone who's new this week. Uh, maybe they just arrived after a four yeah. billion mile journey to Earth and have, and have started listening to podcasts. Because you know, you arrive at a new planet the first thing. If you yeah, want to get you, the vibe of a right, planet, first thing you do is podcasts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, what are we doing to this unfortunate? What is headline? Uh, uh, well, we're twisting the the nature of the universe. Um, so we're, we're inverting some important, uh, nouns in the headline. <laughs> um, so and, as painful and, as I can be, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so be careful. Um, if you live on earth, um, unexpected things may be happening. Um, and actually if you live elsewhere in the universe, unexpected things may be happening. Um, basically we're changing reality and, um, learning something along the way. So beware. Yes. Put on your hazmat suits and your goggles and, uh, your helmet and uh, always remember your papper as we ask, <laughs> what the if? We are aliens. And we have just retrieved a scoop of the earth. Scoop of, scoop of the earth. That would be a... Sounds like oh. a movie from the 50s. Or a Ben and Jerry's flavor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be an organic ice cream. Yes. Perhaps. Right. Maybe. Maybe. So we got a scoop of the earth. So first of all, I think we have to define our terms. And let's just imagine just uh, we don't need to know a lot about who we are because we're, we're ourselves. So we need to know a lot. But just uh, yeah. to set the parameters, just to explain for people, what do we mean? How could we be receiving a scoop of the earth? We must be something else. Uh, well, that's right. So we're, I guess we're extraterrestrials of one sort or another. Um, in fact, maybe we live on Bennu. That's probably the easiest mm. symmetry, right? So we've that's fun. We've got a thriving civilization um, uh, on Bennu, an asteroid, a few billion miles, um, and we have noticed this um, bright blue. Um, thing in the sky nearby, um, and after watching it for uh, a few generations, we decided that it, it like us, goes around the sun, um, and it has our spectroscopy shows that it has an atmosphere, um, and the atmosphere is full of all sorts of strange chemicals um, uh, like free oxygen and methane and sulfur dioxide, um, and Taylor Swift fans. So, um, we've decided there's only so much we can learn from a distance. Uh, and because at the end of the day, science is about poking things with a stick. Um, so we've decided we want to get a chunk of this weird blue rock, um, and bring it home. Yeah. So we can, start. and I, th I think it's revenge perhaps. You know, uh, that is, we we have been probed ourselves. Well, they they yeah, the, you know, the, the something something came to our planet mm -hmm. and uh, caused a massive uh, knocked a lot of us knocked a lot of our loose pebbles into space. We weren't happy about that, mm -hmm. and our, uh, we watched it return and it returned to this Earth thing, and um, we decided, well, you know, we need a scoop of that too. Yeah, our pebbles uh, are precious. Perhaps <laughs> perhaps that's our our goal. So yeah, we need get our back. pebbles back. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's, that's really, it's like Mars attacks. Uh, that's funny. So, um, yeah, so we, the people of Bennu, have mm -hmm. decided to um, go get this thing back. So now, um, 
there's a lot of challenges here. Yeah. Uh, um, but let's, I think, I think we'll get to the interesting part, which is the scoop itself. And so we can skip over um, the uh, certain challenges of us building a space program on our loose agglomeration of pebbles that we live on. I think blasting a rocket off such a loose agglomeration would be quite the uh, well actually disaster. I, it would actually be this is an important part of the all aspects of the story is yeah. um as an asteroid would be a great place to have a space program um, <sighs> because the gravity is so low so it's actually very easy oh, yeah. to get our our space probe launched um in fact if we get i'd have to check the numbers um but if we just got someone with strong legs they could probably oh. just jump up and push the space probe into space for us. Um, so I don't know. Simone Biles, can we borrow Simone Biles for a day? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Her, 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 her unknown relative who lives on Bennu. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's got to be a thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So getting our space probe launched is actually relatively easy. Um, and then uh, we've got to aim it to. Uh, to Earth, um, and Earth, of course, is in motion. Um, so it's going to take, as you said, probably a couple of years to get there. So there's mm -hmm. some patience that needs to be involved. And then I think our big choice we have to make is where we want to probe Earth, right? We have to choose a spot, one spot, where our probe will come down and pick up a sample. So from a distance, we need to choose. So just looking at Earth from afar... What looks like the fun spot to get a sample back from? Right, or what we do fun, or what we do like the NASA engineers often do, which is they look for a safe spot, which is uh, often unfortunately somewhat boring, perhaps. For instance, that's right. Yeah. So this is the, you're right. That's usually the great tension is the exciting yeah. spot. The, the interesting spots for scientists are the hard spots to get to. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the big problems with the Apollo mission, actually, is the, the scientists mm. involved say, well, let's land here and here and here because those are really exciting. And the, the administrator said, but those places are all full of boulders. You can't mm -hmm. land a spacecraft there. Um, yeah. uh, so they, instead, they picked the flattest, most boring spot they could get to. Yeah. Um, and ev even then, if you watch the moon landing of Apollo 11, they, uh, Neil Armstrong had to navigate over yeah, some pretty major side. boulders. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, so what's the safest place to land um, a well, spacecraft on Earth? Would it be, and this would be a little bit of the revenge aspect too, that they say, well, um, they saw their probe land in the desert of Utah, and so maybe they, which is, by the way, uh, uh, obviously a safe place to land because that's where the Earth people landed their craft. Uh, well, that's a good point, actually, yeah, because we're, ju we're just tracking back... Um, uh, our own because we're trying to get our pebbles back yeah. um, and also Utah has a very low crime rate so uh -uh. Um, that <laughs> might be be safe in another aspect um, all right so that's that's a reasonable choice I could right I could go now just to add a little fun here unknown to the Ben uh, unknown to us Benuites um, I'll take the omniscient narrator point of view here for a moment <laughs> one of the reasons they landed there was it is a um, uh, I don't know if it's Air Force it's it's or Army is a military um, proving ground. So in other words, the, the the landing spot is littered with 
bombs and craters and <laughs> unexploded ordnance and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff like that. So it was a little fun, perhaps, waiting for them there. Yeah, that's um, a hard thing to see from a distance. Yeah, You would never know. Right, right. Um, so, uh, they, yeah, so um, Simone Bennu um, <laughs> uh, kicks off and um, is on her way now uh, and lands. Now, of course, we know... But I think we can also hand wave this aspect. That la- the real challenge there would be launching off of Earth and making well, your way back. That so you this would is, need a Saturn V rocket. So this is so this is a thing I think we need to to ponder a little bit. Is yeah. now we've got the opposite problem that the Earthlings had when they came to visit us. Is as you say, Earth is a really big gravity well. Um, yeah. So what are some strategies? Yeah, we can't land a whole Saturn V rocket. Oh, to get oh I know. Off. They're gonna okay. So they say, well, we looked at the Utah place, eh. and then they look at you know. There's this other place which also looks similarly safe. It's a lot of flat territory, um, and uh, it's called Boca Chica, and in Texas, and uh, they see a that somebody is building uh, a giant rocket uh, that is going to have. In other words, Elon Musk's Starship facility. Starbase, uh, okay. so you think we're Starbase, ride back. Right, so they're going to steal, they're going to hijack mm-hmm. Starship and uh, bring it back to Bennu. Okay, That'd all right, that's 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 doable. Um, yeah. And let's see here. So the Earthlings stole, I think it's something like a hundred grams of pebbles mm. from us. Does that sound right? I don't. Two hundred fifty grams, I believe. Two hundred fifty uh, grams. Okay, which I I did a yeah. calculation for those mm-hmm. of us who who don't know anything about any kind of measurements, and uh, I realized that, I discovered that 250 grams is one cup. Ah, so, okay, that's probably like, not a coincidence, yeah. Yeah, so like um, a coffee cup size, uh, mm-hmm. um, a small coffee cup. Of, okay, uh, that sounds good. So, so, let's, yeah. so we'll, we'll, we'll try to get about the same amount from there. Um, yeah. And we're gathering it from, is this West Texas? I don't know exactly where that is. Yes, in fact, it is right near the border with Mexico on the Gulf okay. of Mexico. All right, yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. Um, so we drop our little robot um, that scoops up um, a coffee cup's worth of Texas soil. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess, crawls over to the rocket being built um, and attaches <laughs> itself to the side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, now this is clever. What if, yeah, okay, instead of having to hijack the thing, which really would be an adventure, although Simone Menu could do it if she had yeah, to. she's very good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this would be a great episode of, like, I don't know, Matlock or something. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, um, just, yeah, it just attaches to the rocket, knowing that the rocket is going to launch, right? So there's a launch coming up. And in fact, so the, and it's going to the moon, but they're just, they figure this will get us off, to, off of Earth. And when it's, you know, es- escapes uh, Earth's orbit, it'll just detach and say thanks for the ride and make its way back to Bennu. Something. Yeah, you can. There's a saying in orbital dynamics that says low Earth orbit is halfway to anywhere, oh, um, meaning most of the energy you spend to get anywhere in the solar system is spent just getting to low Earth orbit. Right. Um, so even if the rocket is going to the moon, um, it's, uh, it, it doesn't take that much delta V, as they say, um, uh-huh. to, to nudge ourselves off onto a different trajectory. Um, right. And in fact, this is what the um, OSIRIS-REx mission did too, right? So we launched it from Earth. Well, the Earthlings launched it from Earth. It went to Bennu. 
brought the right. sample back, dropped off the sample from space, and yeah. then is now cruising on to Apophis, the not at all ominously named near-Earth asteroid that That's right. really intersects with our orbit. That's right. That's right. Um, so, so I guess we're kind of doing that in reverse now, too. <laughs> right. So here, by the way, I'm, I'm sharing. Oh, nice. Okay, see, thank you. That's very helpful. Okay. You can see. We're, we're looking at a map here. Yeah, um, looking at a map and we see. Oh, interesting. Here. So that's, um, that's uh, actually an important consideration. So that is, that looks like it might be the southernmost point in the continental U.S., um, oh, and, yeah. the, and the reason yeah. for that is the closer you get to the equator, the, the more rotational velocity you have just from the spinning of the earth. And you can use uh, that velocity to help get yourself into orbit. Um, so that's why you launch from Florida, for instance, um, and why the Russians launch from Kazakhstan and the French launch from French Guinea and so on, um, right. is that the extra, uh, energy you get from being near the equator is actually substantial. So. Right. I, I never actually noticed, I never actually looked this up on the map. I and mean, you can see how Elon Musk chose this place, which is has a lot of similarities to Cape Canaveral. It also has, uh, because it's on the Gulf of Mexico, to, the Gulf of Mexico is to the east, a huge body of water gets the same effect that Cape Canaveral has by having the Atlantic Ocean to the east of it. it when it takes off towards the east, it goes over water instead of over land. Yeah, so when something goes wrong, you can right. bail out and blame it on the orcas. Exactly. And things do go wrong. Uh, yes, that's right. We've got, I mean, as we've been talking about so far, there's a lot of moving parts on this mission. Um, yeah. So things have to go just right, uh, especially if we're assuming that um, the Elon Musk's rocket is going to work properly too. Um, right, right, right. Um, so let's say let's say it does. Amazingly, mm -hmm. they, uh, they bank on Elon and, uh, you know, never bet, bet against Elon. He, uh, he does seem to come through like him or not. And um, eventually, you know, he's persistent. And so um, our sample of uh, Boca Chica, our, our one cup's worth of um, Elon Musk's backyard uh, mm -hmm. has flown up. And uh, let's say nobody notices that this little tiny thing detaches uh, as the uh, starship is on its way to the moon. And it makes its way silently and slowly. Uh, well, it's it's Simone Menu again, um, mm -hmm. and uh, she's stealthily flying back. She kicks off from the rocket, which would be <laughs> quite a thing. Yeah, and, and then actually, the the getting the sample back to Bennu is is non trivial because the Earthlings yeah. have a really big surface um, to land their stuff on, and they also have an atmosphere um, that they can um, use parachutes to slow down because the rocket's going or right. the sample's going really fast by the time right. it gets home um we don't have a lot of surface area um we don't have a lot of gravity to catch it and we don't have any atmosphere to slow it down so i think our best bet strangely is actually to build a giant net <clears throat> ah um, cool and catch it as it comes by yeah um uh, not unlike our, our episode a little while ago when we were talking about getting orbital debris out. And one yeah. of the strategies for getting orbital debris is just building a big net and yeah. scooping stuff up. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably our best bet because we can make a net like the size of our whole asteroid um, without too much yeah. trouble. Yeah. And um, so it comes back and uh, we have a big celebration. Oh, by the way, just I just mentioned, speaking of parachutes, uh, if you really want some fun, uh, exciting video, Go back and watch the 
return of the Genesis capsule, um, like I said, in this, I believe in this the same location in Utah, uh, its parachutes did not deploy. And the <gasps> Genesis capsule <laughs> actually came all the way back, right. mm-hmm. slammed into the ground, and was still, it, they were able to recover the uh, samples unharmed. Incredible. Um, and that and this mission, yeah. the Drogue parachute, the first parachute, also didn't deploy, but the main parachutes did. Uh, interestingly oh, enough, right. so it, it did have an okay landing. Uh, anyway, so so on Bennu, we have a successful retrieval. Uh, Simone comes back. There's a celebration. She gets a uh, ticker tape parade, you know, around the uh, perimeter of our loose rubble pile. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody's cheering, and the sample is brought. Let's say inside, we we have in we live inside the uh, asteroid. I would imagine is a good place is where we, where yeah, we hide. That's why the so. NASA didn't notice that there was this whole civilization, <laughs> yes, with Olympic athletes and everything. Um, and so uh, they open the capsule in their clean room, and um, what do they see? Um, so they will see, I mean, judging on my visits to Texas, um, uh, some yellowish crumbly soil, Mm. um, probably a few small rocks. Um, but I think mostly dust and soil. Uh, so let's see here. So one of our concerns is going to be contamination, um, Mm. both because, we don't want to contaminate it with our germs because then it kind of ruins the scientific value. Um, but it's also possible that the earthlings have germs that are dangerous for us. Um, so we've got to set up kind of an isolation facility where we can work on it. Um, so yes, we do need our pappers uh, for this. That's right. That's right. And the papper, for those who don't know, who haven't been listening, uh, Gabby taught us about the papper, and I forget what it stands for, but basically it's a fan that you wear around your waist to deliver <laughs> fresh air inside your hazmat suit. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's right. So whenever you see a, a, a movie where the protagonists are, are working with the deadly virus or whatnot, they're probably wearing pappers. That's um, right. That's right. And um, so they, we look at this um, thing. And uh, what do we know? What, what might they begin to do? Like, would they begin to... Um, well, so the first Separate, thing, uh, yeah. yeah, so I guess you'd, um, I would start with really basic stuff like how big are the particles? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, you get kind of a, a breakdown of this much of it is pebbles this size and this much of it is dust of this size and so on. Um, and then you want to know, uh, what it's made of. So you take a small sample of it and give it to the chemists. And the chemists mm. do what chemists do, which involves like dumping acid on it and things. And then the chemists come back and say, well, it's made of 12% water and 13% carbon and 2% silicon and so on. <clears throat> um, so we can answer that kind of basic question of uh, what is the earth made of? Now, what is the dumping acid? What's that about? That oh, um, the basic way that chemists... Um, figure out what something is made of is um you rip it apart um and by judging and you do that with acid and bases and so on um and uh so when you dump 
you know, sulfuric acid on it um, and this reddish stuff comes out, uh, you say, all right, well, I know that sulfuric acid bonds with iron, so this reddish stuff must be iron. Um, and then I take the iron out of the sulfuric acid and I weigh that and I do it. And then I dump a different acid on it. And what comes off of it this time I know is carbon and so on. Um, so at the end of the process, I've taken my yellowish dirt um, and separated it into several small piles of, of different chemicals. Um, so now I know what the earth is made of, which is pretty cool. Uh, so. And uh, speaking of uh, before we uh, throw acid on everything, um, oh. let's say we decide to do what they did at NASA too, which is, I thought, very interesting. They uh, reserve a significant portion of the sample. They seal it uh, up. And they don't let anyone touch it for yeah. like years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And so when when moon rocks uh, were returned by the Apollo astronauts, uh, I think I heard that seventy five percent of them were put in storage uh, for or twenty years, twenty five years, fifty years. Like uh, I think, and uh, we only recently have opened up some because they know that technology will improve over time. And so mm -hmm. they actually say, let's reserve these rocks for. So they can be analyzed by future technologies, which would be better. So I imagine we do some of that. Yeah, that's first. right. And that's an interesting sort of philosophical position to take, right? Saying yeah. at some point in the future, we will be smarter than we are today. Um, yeah. So we should we should reserve that um, for the future. It's smarter. One people. of the most optimistic things NASA does. Although you, mm -hmm. you got to say that even taking on any mission <laughs> that NASA does is a leap of faith. You know, these things take decades. Uh, Sometimes yeah, that's longer. right. That's uh, so. people spend their entire careers um, on one mission. Sometimes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I think one of the so um, were I a a Bennu researcher, I think interesting things I would notice would be that there's an awful lot of water in the sample because mm. um, here on the asteroid uh, we've got water but it's not well we don't have a lot of it um, and it's also all frozen but it looks like the earth sample has a lot of liquid water so that's pretty neat mm. um, and then um, there's lots of critters living in it too right the soil is full of um, I mean maybe it has stuff like worms and bugs in it but more to the point it's going to be full of bacteria um, cool. and fungal spores and things like that uh, so that's something that we probably don't have here um, our rubble pile here on Bennu was probably pretty sterile yeah. um, and that's uh, and the reason that the Bennu is pretty sterile is that it's exposed to ultraviolet radiation from the sun and the solar wind and we've got all kinds of stuff crashing into us. <coughs> um, so I think one of the interesting things uh, I, I would be shocked by is that so many microbes can survive exposed on the surface of the earth. So that mm. suggests to me that the earth's atmosphere is actually, actually blocks out a lot of solar radiation. Um, and that's weird, right? That's, you know, there aren't many places in the solar system that are protected from the solar radiation that way. Um, so I don't know, the earth, that means the earthlings have to suffer through low mutation rate and poor <laughs> suntans. Um, I mean, they probably have a really hard time with it. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, they would also find, uh, I'm going to guess some sort of like what? What evidence M might there be? If 
if there's evidence of human civilization in this mm-hmm. scoop, what might it be? Because it is well, a random piece of the desert. There's a couple possibilities here. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I think one of the, uh, assuming the Bennu scientists um, are sharp, and they surely are because we are them, um, yeah. <laughs> they will notice that uh, there's a small but thorough amount of radioactive material in it. Oh, um, so oh. there's a thin layer of, say, cesium-137. Um, and that's weird because that's not a naturally occurring isotope, but it is produced by fission reactions. So, um, there's a couple of possibilities here. One is that we happen to land our sample right next to a working fission reactor. That doesn't Mm. seem real likely. The other possibility is that the earthlings, um, have had a lot of uncontrolled fission reactions, um, spreading material all across the planet. And another word for uncontrolled fission reaction is bombs, right? So we're pretty sure that the earthlings have nuclear weapons and have probably been dropping them on each other in large numbers, right? Because why else would there have been so many explosions that a random chunk of the planet has fission products on it. Um, so the earthlings are dangerous people um, with extremely bad judgment. <laughs> uh, and I think it might be best if we minimize contact with them in the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think our, our, uh, the um, people in our defense in the Bennu defense program just got very excited because their funding just went up tremendously. Right. You know? Score. <laughs> yeah. It already went up, you know, after the probe incident, there was already a spike <laughs> in funding, but now we're like, Oh my God, they, what if they come back with a nuclear probe? Yeah. Um, and they, they may have seen, didn't we, uh, how, how did we recently redirect an asteroid? Oh, uh, the DART like, mission. Yeah. We, um, uh, the earthlings crashed a spacecraft into, um, uh, into an asteroid and knocked it about. Right. So we may have seen that too. You know, it might just be like, these guys are out of control. Now they're messing with asteroids. They got mm-hmm. nuclear bombs. This Taylor Swift, whatever these sounds are that we hear, yeah. d- don't, aren't pleasing to our ears, you know, and it just sounds like trouble. It m- maybe that's a war cry. They, they, they misinterpret Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, that would explain a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, they misinterpret the Taylor Swift concerts as rallies. You know, people getting people fired up to uh, attack Bennu again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's right. Because as as all people do, we assume that Bennu is the most important thing to the humans. You know, of course, yeah. We, we assume that all humans right? know about yeah. Bennu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what uh, what uh, what are some harder won secrets we would have to get out of? Like, what what are some things we might have to work harder at to? Uh, Glean data from this. Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, the fission products are, are probably um, in there. Um, mm. We could also probably, let's see here. Um, we might be able to learn about uh, earthling industry by what kind of um, pollution products there are too. Oh, um, uh, we could probably need to ask a geologist about this. Um but we could probably, I wonder if we could learn that because we could probably figure out how long it had been exposed to the sun. Mm. Um, mm. 
and that might tell us something about like plate tectonics too. I'd have to ask a geologist about mm, that. Mm, mm. Um, so the, the problem with these sorts of uh, things is that we have one sample of you know, a square inch for the yeah. whole planet. Yeah. And we have to try and make some kind of inductive leap to say, what can we learn about the whole planet um, uh, from that square? Um, inch of the, of the of the earth and it's so i mean the basic assumption would have to be that the entire planet looks like texas um uh -huh. and we know that's not right because looking from afar we know it's a little there, there are there are spots that look different than texas um, although the people of texas yeah. are pretty sure that the whole planet <laughs> um, that's right we can find that everybody all the bacteria are wearing tiny little hats um <laughs> Uh, that are big for their body size anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sorry. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, Texas is a, a cattle ranching place um, mm -hmm. and cattle leave behind, uh, let's say, evidence of their passage in the form of poop. Yeah. Um, and then that poop gets mixed into the soil. Um, so we might be able to learn something about cows actually, oh, yeah. um, just from the kind of bacteria and material that's, that's mixed into the soil there. So maybe our conclusion would actually be that the dominant life form on earth, um, is cows. Yeah. Although I, I don't know about cows right there. I do know that at Boca Chica, when you watch launches, uh, um, from there, there are lots of, cause they're right on the shore, right on the beach of the, um. Gulf of Mexico, there are lots of seagulls that fly. Oh, around. is that right? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we certainly would find a lot of seagull poop. And uh, seagulls bring with them, from my, from my uh, scientific observations of seagulls on the beach, they also bring with them French fries. And uh, <laughs> sometimes, you know, yeah, popsicle sticks. Yeah, French fries. I'm yeah. done for that. Yeah. Um, now, so if we were to plan the next phase of our mission, as, I, as we wrap up here, um, mm -hmm. What what would we do? What other sites would we, would we decide we should send? Uh, I would back probably to? want something uh, a site quite different than what we've already got. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got one of the the pale yellowish patches from um, the Earth's surface. So if we could get one of those blue patches, that sounds mm, pretty interesting because yeah. those look pretty different. Um, so maybe on the other side of the planet. Um, there's a really big blue patch that takes up nearly half the surface. Um, so that's got to be pretty representative. So let's aim our next probe there. All right. Um, and I guess one of the things we would notice fairly quickly is when our probe lands, it actually does not land. Um, right. It just goes yeah. into the blue spot and keeps going and going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's picking up material, but it's not, it's not stopping. Um, it's slowing yeah. down. Uh, the temperature readings are dropping rapidly. Um, it's very hard to understand what's going on here. Uh, and I think probably the last thing we see from our probe cameras is some giant tentacle um, <laughs> <laughs> seizing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there are hearings in front of the Bennu Congressional Caucus um, yeah. demanding to know uh, what happened to our, our space probe. Um, and then they would rightly assume that the tentacles are the uh, 
dominant species on the planet. Yes. <laughs> and that that's who attacked them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they must uh, go back and they come back yeah, with so, spears. Yeah. Uh, so whether that, um, yeah, wh- whether that means we, we build a huge invasion force to take to revenge on the tentacles, or if we decide yeah. it's just way too dangerous a spot to ever go to again, I guess that that's true. Our, our local <laughs> politics. And we go back to hiding as successfully as we thought we were doing before the probe arrived, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll just hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we go on a mission to accumulate more rubble to just continue to bury ourselves deeper and deeper inside and hope to, <laughs> hope to hide. Yeah. Hope to hide. Well, thank, thank you for this incredible um, uh, speculative space mission from uh, asteroid Bennu. That was very exciting. Um, uh, what, uh, what, uh, Final thoughts might you have? What, uh, having run this experiment, is there anything that uh, comes to mind that you feel like uh, a takeaway for you? This experiment? Um, I mean, the takeaway is that, you know, how you choose your space missions depends a great deal on whether you're uh, low in a gravity well or high in a gravity well. Um, so some projects are easy and some projects are hard. Um, yeah. And you should choose carefully. <laughs> very good very good all right we're gonna wrap up because we're running low on time today we're in a rush and uh but we do want to thank all of you for listening especially our patreon supporters if you don't know what that is go check out patreon.com slash what the if all kinds of cool stuff and matt help us uh close out what do we need to do now to uh to write the universe um, well, we need to have one final confrontation uh, with exactly what it is we've unleashed. So I think in this case, um, we are a peaceful tribe of squids um, floating along uh, the Great Barrier Reef in the Pacific, um, having a fine day, minding your own business, when all of a sudden a uh, gigantic, from our point of view, um, asteroid space probe comes smashing down through the surface of the water, hurtling towards us with little pincers out trying to grab us, and we have no choice but to scream out, What the is? Thank you, everyone. Watch the skies. As always, we'll see you next week. (laughs) 